This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. With podcast growth, you have to get so creative in how you distribute. Like, don't just put an episode out and then like never promote it again. Like, say we had Lisa Vanderpump on the podcast in a new, I mean, she's not on the show anymore, but like, say, yeah, manifestation, <laughs> but say like a, she was on Housewives and a new season airs, like we would do a throwback or like Jackie and I've gotten so creative. Like we'll be sitting, I mean, when traveling was safe, like we would be sitting on a flight airdropping our cover saying, board on your flight, listen to what day is it? And like, we would have so much fun watching, trying to get people to figure out where we were because it was <laughs> our old cover photo. You couldn't see our face. It was just our back. So it, it was fun. But yeah, like we walked into the Apple store and like on all the iPhones, put our podcast cover up, like subscribe, gotten more downloads, like do what you got to do. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Real Real Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu. I love saying that on the mic. I always feel so like legit whenever I say that. Like I think back to like the Disney Channel days when it's like, hi, I'm Natalie Barbu and you're watching Disney Channel. That's what I think of whenever I say that on the mic. So you guys are really fulfilling that, you know, old Disney dream of mine to to go on Disney Channel and wave the wand and and draw out the little logo. I've always wanted to do that. Literally has been a life goal of mine, has never completed it. So this podcast is like a, a little bit about that. But I'm currently in Miami, Florida. If you hear me sound a little stuffy, it's because I was a little bit sick. I feel like I get sick pretty easily. I just get very like stuffy. Like maybe it's allergies. Maybe it's like a common cold. I don't really know, but I've been taking my vitamins. I've been upping my vitamin game. Um, My mom is very big into vitamins. And so she just sent me a whole bunch of them. And she's like, take this every day. Take this one every morning. Take this one at night. Take this one with food, without food. It's a lot to keep up with. So I've been doing that and feeling a lot better, but that's not an endorsement to say <laughs> I'm not giving medical advice. I'm just saying that I've been feeling feeling a lot better, but I just still still sound a little bit stuffy. So sorry about that. Anyways, I am currently in Miami, Florida, and I am just counting down the days for Keon to get here. I'm not going to lie. I have been waiting for him to come. He comes in two weeks, and I'm actually going home in between then, so I actually get back to Florida the day he gets here because I really freaking miss Bambino. I'm not going to lie. My mom sent me a photo of Bambino just looking so cute, as she always does. Um, We actually, our family group message is pretty much a Bambino stan account because all we do is send photos of Bambino. We actually just literally spent like an hour sending all of our baby photos of him and baby videos. And they're so cute. I wish that I could show you guys. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll post some on my Instagram or follow at Bambino the Beagle. I'll post some on there. We'll we'll go to, through memory lane on there. But he was just so cute and he still is. And he's so playful and he's at that like playful puppy stage. So I'm going to go home and hang out with him. And it's so funny. I, I've never like gone home this often. Like in college, I would go months without going home. But like I just miss Bambino so much. And of course, I miss my family, but I really miss Bambino. She sent that photo. She knew what she was doing. She knew I would I would book that plane trip home. So yeah, I'm going home next week. And then when I get back, Keon will be here. So I figured that's also a good way to like pass the time to like get excited for him to come. 
So I'm super excited about that. I can't wait. Maybe we'll do like a little episode on the podcast. We've done one way back when, like a year ago. It was when I was still living in New York. So it was a little over a year ago because, wow, I didn't even I didn't even look at the date. Today, September 1st is when I'm recording this intro, is my one year anniversary of leaving New York City. That's crazy. It's been exactly one year since I left the city and when I moved out of my apartment on September 1st. It's my two-year anniversary of moving there. I was only there for one year. And so two years ago on this day, I actually moved to the city, which is so crazy because so much has changed. So much has changed. It's it's so wild when you look back at that, when you're like, wow, what was I doing on this day one year ago? And it's like, whoa, like my mindset is different. My ambitions, my goals, everything is different from one year ago. It's actually crazy. Um, so yeah, Keon's coming in two weeks and that's crazy. I went from two years ago, moving to the New York city, flash forward to two years. My boyfriend is moving to the same city as me and we're finally not doing long distance anymore, which is just literally so exciting. But anyways, I wanted to let you guys know about my little high and low of the week. So I wanted to give a little great thing that happened to me and a little low thing that happened. So I would say we're going to start with the high. My high of the week would be that demo day went well. It went really, really, really well. Actually, we had a lot of positive feedback. I was super, super nervous. And if you don't know, if you're like, what's demo day? I am starting a company called Rella. We have started it already, actually, but the product's not out yet. The app is not a launched yet, but pretty much Rella is, was a part of an accelerator this summer, which is just an accelerator helps startups grow. It also gives them um, a little bit of money as well, which is really helpful. So we started Rella. We were accepted into an accelerator, me and my co-founders. And at the end of the accelerator, at the end of the summer, we have a demo day where we pitch to a bunch of people in the Raleigh area. It was on Zoom this year for obvious reasons, but um, we ended up doing that. I was super, super nervous. I was just, I'm not as much as I love speaking in front of like my camera and on, you know, YouTube and on this podcast, I get very nervous when it's live speaking. So actually I don't, but I don't get nervous to like go live. I just get nervous when it's the stakes are a lot higher, I guess. When I, when I can't be a hundred percent myself, you know, I have to sound impressive and speak highly about myself and all of that. Like that's when I get nervous. So I was super nervous, but it actually ended up going really well. We were the last team to present, which I feel like sometimes is a good thing. Sometimes is a bad thing. I feel like I'd rather be first because then it's like the first thing people are seeing. People are so impressed. And then the last person I'm like, people are probably like, I just want to get this over with, but it still went really well. So that was really exciting. It went well. We stuck to our time. We no, I didn't stumble at all because I was the one giving the pitch completely solo. And so that would be my high is that things, things were looking up with that. I was super excited. And I want to thank you for like sending in your like managing nerves tips and all of that, because those were really, really helpful. Um, I feel like I took some CBD beforehand. <laughs> I was a little stressed. I did take a CBD gummy a few hours beforehand, but it went really, really well. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so thankful for my team because it was so funny after I presented or after I pitched, they were like, Oh my God, that was amazing. Like in the group message, like they were just like going off on it. And I was like, I don't know if you're doing this just to be nice or if it was like actually that great, but I'm, I'm happy regardless. So one of our mentors actually, who he's been super, super helpful. He's started and sold and been acquired. And like, he's been around the block with a few like hundreds of millions of dollars I mean he's super successful he emailed us or he texted us and he was like mic drop like that was so good so very happy that that went well 
As for my low, um, I'm trying to think. It's pretty good that I don't have a low. I always am very happy about that. But I guess my low on the opposite side of that, you know, how demo day went really well is like it's starting to hit me the like hardships of starting a startup and I it hasn't even launched yet. So I know that this is literally nothing compared to what's going to happen. I've been breaking out a ton on my face and the only thing that has changed are my stress levels. So I definitely think it's because of stress. I'm trying to kind of regulate that and, you know, not not be as stressed. But I think things are just getting a little more real, picking up the speed, picking up the pace. And sometimes I'm like, wait, why did I start a business? This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's like another level of difficult and it hasn't even really started yet. So it's one of those things that I'm It's so rewarding. I'm I love doing it, but it's also so hard. So I would say just that realization and the stress that's been kicking in has been a low because this week has been a stressful week. I I had to work through last weekend, so I actually didn't really have much time off last weekend. I didn't work a full day, which I'm thankful for, but I had to work like four or five hours a day um, on Saturday and Sunday. And so it will, I, I, I feel kind of burnt out right now. Like I'm someone that really enjoys my weekends and I feel like I haven't had it. So I don't know. I'm feeling a little stressed and a little burnt out and I feel like there's always a million things to do. So that's, I guess my low is just feeling the weight of all of that lately, I would say has definitely been a huge low for me. But anyways, that's, that's also why I love this podcast. I get to hear from other entrepreneurs. We get to relate on so many of the same experiences. And most of the people that I interview are a little bit ahead of me, you know, so we're a lot ahead of me. And so I get to kind of look forward to kind of the stage of life that they're in. And yeah, I mean, Every week I am so grateful to speak with amazing people and just also connect with you guys that that really does decompress me. It it de-stresses me out. And one of the other perks about this podcast also besides that is that you get to meet other podcast hosts and there's just an intimate and immediate bond between you guys, you know, between two podcast hosts. I feel like you kind of understand each other and it's nice. They show up to the mic on time. They have the good audio quality. They know what to do. You know, they're, they're experienced with it. So you get, there's just like a mutual level of respect. I've also noticed that podcasting is not as competitive as other industries, I feel like, and other hosts are incredibly supportive and happy to share any resources. I actually came across the What Day Is It podcast about a few months ago, and I instantly became a fan. I love their takes on like pop culture. I love just the topics they talk about. I love the banter between the two of them. And they're also signed with the same podcast network as me. So shout out Podcast Nation. But everything from their branding to their interview style to their segments is so spot on. And honestly, it inspires me a lot for the real real. And I know that I'm not the only podcast host that takes inspiration from them or looks to them for marketing tips. I mean, seriously, just check out their Instagram and you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Bailey and Jackie are two of the most genuine and supportive people I've had the pleasure of getting to know. And they're two girlfriends who you want at your next happy hour. A hundred percent. Like, let me know the next time I'm in Canada because I'll go. (laughs) No topic is off the table. And one of their mottos is to get comfortable getting uncomfortable as you're never going to grow if you play it safe. They have such a beautiful story about how they met and that immediate bond turned into a podcast. We get all into that in this episode. Today, we're diving into creative marketing techniques to boost your online presence, how community engagement can help grow your podcast, the importance of morning routines to set up your energy for the day, and what it's like to host a podcast with your best friend. Super excited to get into this episode and 
I wanted to say, if you're listening, you're listening to this intro, take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story. That always means so much to me, especially if you love the What Day Is It podcast, and this is kind of a crossover you didn't know you needed. Definitely take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story. I love reposting. I love saying thank you. And genuinely, it helps. I mean, I know you might think, oh, it's nothing. It's just a screenshot. No, it genuinely helps my podcast grow. So if you guys are listening, please take a screenshot, post it on your story, recommend the podcast to your friends. I feel like that's the best way for a podcast to grow is just genuine recommendations. So if you have been liking this podcast, that's all I ask. It's a free way to show your support. So thank you again for, you know, always showing me support and for the reviews. If you enjoy this podcast, also be sure to give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. I am obsessed with, you know, reading the reviews on Apple and seeing what's being said and how you guys are loving it. So I wanted to actually kind of bring back reviewer of the week. Um, I haven't done that in so long. These intros have been like getting really long and like me discussing my day and chatting with you. And it's literally like my favorite part of the week is just like sitting down on this mic and talking to you because you don't understand how like it decompresses me again, kind of like I was saying. So uh, it really does help, but I want to shout out a reviewer of the week and keep that as a part of this podcast because I'm not, this podcast would be nothing without you guys. So I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to to show a little love and like give that review. Today's review of the week comes from Kayla. She says, Natalie does an amazing job of really lifting the veil on several industries and introducing us to so many inspiring and aspirational people from all walks of life. Her podcast also gives another layer of her life and expands on what we love from her on YouTube, which is a nice treat. Thank you. That is so, so, so sweet. Yeah, I like, I've, I've been loving these intros. Let me know if you like them. I feel like some people are like, skip, fast forward, get to the meat of it. But what's good about podcasts is that you can do that. So if you're here listening to me, you're a real one. Thank you so much. Screenshot, share, write a review. But anyways, before I annoy you too much by asking <laughs> you to do all that, let's just get into this episode. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. 
Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Hi, Bailey and Jackie. Thanks so much for coming on my podcast. Thanks for having us. We're so excited. I'm super excited to have you guys. I was actually on my way to a rumble boxing class and I was listening to one of your episodes. So I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm like talking to them later today. (laughs) Which episode? Which episode? (laughs) So I like went back to your Q&A with like your friends reunion, talking all about that. And then I also listened. So I listened to two today. I was just like listening to a bunch of random podcasts. I listened to the one with Kate Austin. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Great episodes. If you listen to today's episode, I was going to say you really got to know me real quick. But <laughs> No, I always you, like I, I always bounce around when I find a new podcast. I never go in order. I just like bounce around and like listen to random episodes that like the title catches my eye. And that's same. like what I gravitate towards. Same. I low-key wish you listened to the one of today because it was the most racy episode that we've ever put out on details specific to, I'm going to say Bailey's life. I can't even say my life. Like (laughs) Bailey really stepped out of her comfort zone today and it was really cool. And we've had great feedback and it's only been like 12 hours. Have we? (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's pumped. They, they love you. They're in such support. That's so funny. I'm, I'll listen to it after this. <laughs> yeah. Brought you to should. you by tequila shots. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to get started with setting the record straight. So this is our segment where I do a little key, like stereotypes and assumptions, and then you'll let me know if they're true or false. So the first one is that starting a podcast with your best friend is easy. Uh-huh. Definitely false. Um, I mean, there's so many benefits to it, but I think when you have like the really great aspects of something come even more challenges because it's great to work with your best friend. The conversation's easy, but then you also have to set boundaries and you have to navigate harder conversations and there's more emotions involved. But yeah, I would say false for sure. 
I agree. So false. Friendships are like relationships, but on a different spectrum. We actually just podcasted with a friendship coach, which was so interesting. And like every relationship or friendship in your life, there's of course going to be conflict. It's just kind of how you handle it. And at the end of the day, you are two very different people, even though you can seem so similar, you operate differently, you're raised differently. So you're bound to run into issues. Yeah. And I mean, a podcast is like having your own business. So it's mm-hmm. just like going into business with your friend, which I feel like can always lead to, it's more complicated. Like it's a good thing because you know each other so well and you trust each other. But then it is also a little more complicated because like you don't want to hurt each other's feelings if there's any conflict that arises. So yeah, I, I feel like it's definitely difficult or like at least not as easy. I feel like Bailey and I probably like did it in a better way because like we didn't really know each other that well. And I know we're going to dive into that later, but we really didn't. We only knew each other for what, six to eight months before we started the podcast. And although we clicked right away, like I think it helped us in the long run for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. I'm excited to like dive into how you guys met and how like the podcast started. The next one is you can't overthink starting something new. False. Sorry if I can't swear. Sorry. <laughs> you can swear. You can say whatever. <laughs> you can 100% overthink this. I mean, I always just say that's what most people do. Like you just have to get started because there's no perfect time and everybody's always overthinking. I need this to be in order. I need this to be in this situation. I'm waiting for this to come through. I'm waiting for that. And it's like the stars are never going to align. So I would say like 99.9% of people overthink almost any situation totally people who say they don't overthink are lying and especially when you're putting so much time love and effort into something you obviously really care about you're bound to overthink every little thing so yeah false do you guys overthink like when you started the podcast new episodes like what's your thought process behind I guess starting something new in that sense like a new creative endeavor well when we started the podcast we made the decision and then had our first episode up within a week. Um, So I don't think we really overthought it. I did have podcasting experience. So I think that helped. Um, But I mean, like starting something new, I always overthink it. It's I think it comes down to almost like trusting yourself in a way and realizing that like you are capable, you just have to if you can put your mind to it and like actually commit to that and believe in yourself, then you can really do anything at any point in time. Like that's kind of my belief. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I 100% overthought when I, when we first started what my friends were going to think, what my family was going to think, but you just kind of have to push past that. And I I think it's fear of judgment and fear of failure. And once you move past those, you're totally good. Mm -hmm. Totally. And change and growth never come from your comfort zone. Like you have to step outside of that to get new results or to see something grow and evolve. And like, I always want to be growing and evolving. I don't ever want to stay stagnant. So I think that you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable for sure. Yeah, no, I love how you said how it's like, that's the only way to change and grow. Because I think a lot of people feel like, why am I not growing? Why am I not like getting better at something? But it's like, if you're doing the same exact thing you've always done, then you're not going to grow. You're not going to, you know, change or get better. So I think definitely like it does start like outside of your comfort zone. And the next one is that everyone needs to go to therapy. True. I say true. (laughs) I, I love therapy. I've been in and out of therapy since I was a young kid and I didn't up until recently, I'd say when it was like, right when the, the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, like it's time to go back again. Like, I think I could really benefit from it. 
And I think everyone can benefit from it at some point in life, just like your normal day-to-day life. You can always be learning something about yourself. So why not go and better yourself, whether you're in a good place or a bad place? I always say that. 100%. I mean, I wish I'd started going to therapy earlier. Um, Like it wasn't something that I grew up knowing about. And we had a conversation on our podcast with our friend, Sarah, the bird's papaya, um, about how one of her kids actually like asked to go to therapy. And I she said her gut instinct was like, oh, my God, I'm a bad parent. They need to go to therapy. When it's like in reality, it's actually a sign that she's an incredible parent because they feel comfortable and like have self-awareness that they want to go do this for their mental health. So I think like it's just a testament to how how you can build your relationship with yourself. And like it's a form of self-love and self-care. Yeah. I think a lot of times, especially a few years ago, is like you only went to therapy if something bad happened or if like if you go to therapy, you must be so traumatized from something or, you know, it's like kind of had that stigma of like, oh, you're going through something like that's why you need help. But I feel like now I love that it's been so much more normalized and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see my therapist and like people are talking about it. And I know like your merch even says it, you know, like I love that it's so much more normalized and it's not like oh man, you're like so messed up and that's why you're going. Like it doesn't have to be about that at all. I recently compared it to skincare and it's like when you are taking care of your skin and it gets better, like you don't stop taking care of your skin. So I like, I feel like that's the perfect metaphor for therapy. Why Mm -hmm. would you stop taking care of yourself even when you're happy? Yeah, that's so true. I like that metaphor a lot. (laughs) And I want to get into like how you guys met. So I know you said you've met only a few months before starting the podcast, but what like how did you meet how did you guys become friends I love to know that story okay I'll start and then Bailey you can like take over once I get into like the part where you play to us so the first time I ever found out about Bailey I was going to school with a couple girls in my class who worked for her at her old job and I didn't really think anything of it like I knew she worked at a cool workplace and like they all got along I was kind of like oh that sounds like such a fun job and then she came into my work. I used to serve at a restaurant and I ended up bringing over her table with my other friends from school, some shots. And I just kind of like briefly said, hi, I don't even think I formally introduced myself. Oh my God, I forgot about this. (laughs) Yes. And then we were on the patio, weren't we? Yeah. And then of course I brought shots. That's just like, so me, I am a shot pusher. Mm -hmm. And then she ended up leaving her old job or was still like kind of there and I saw she started her own media agency and I messaged my school friend and I was like tell her if she wants someone to work for her for free literally anything I don't care like I will work for her I just kind of want to learn what she's doing I feel like I just had a feeling that just even seeing her like nine grid logo on Instagram I just had a weird feeling that I knew it was gonna be so successful and I didn't even know this girl so I guess I can trust my gut And so I just shot my shot, got her email, sent her like a long ass email saying basically begging her to let me work for her for free. And then you can tell the rest, Bailey. Um, Well, when this all happened, I literally was just kind of diving into working for myself for the first time. Like I'd always had some type of job where I was an employee. um, And so I was like a week into it, maybe two weeks into like this self-employed journey. And I was like, I can't hire anyone. Like, I don't even think I can pay my own bills right now. So I was like, if you want to work for me for free, sure. I was like, but we're going to be working from a coffee table in my living room. I don't have an office space. Like, I don't even really know what I'm doing. I'm just figuring it out as I go kind of thing. 
And Jackie was so down. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to turn down free labor. Like, sweet deal. So she interned for me and would come over every day. The evolution of her coming over started dressed very appropriately for work. And then it like slowly became like no makeup and sweatpants (laughs) kind of situation. But yeah, like we just started working together every day and naturally just found out that we had so much in common and became like best friends and then business partners and rest is history. Yeah, I only worked for her for a bit for free. Like, I just want to clarify, she didn't take advantage of me. She was very, (laughs) very respectful of my time and would make up for other things, like buy me a massage or like serve me lunch or like bring me nudes on the job. She like really made up for that. And then I honestly think I maybe worked less than 100 hours for free and she hired me on part time. So... Just to clarify, nudes are an alcoholic beverage. Oh, yeah, sorry. People I haven't was heard like, of that. Wait, did I hear that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should clarify. Hey, yeah, nudes are um, I really thought I seltzer. heard it wrong. I was like, it must be some like bad connection. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of our journey. And then, we, yeah, the rest is history, kind of. I mean, I think Bailey really took a chance on me as a person. But I also think, like, my work ethic kind of showed who I was. So. Mm-hmm. Was it hard then to go from like working for her to like then becoming friends or were you guys friends like right off the bat? Like, was that like a difficult or a weird or awkward transition? She always made it seem like we were friends. Like she always treated me like a normal human being. She never treated me less than. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because like I don't really in my brain. I mean, I also forgot the first time we met, apparently. So don't trust my brain. But um, (laughs) like I can't pinpoint where I was like, okay, now we're friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we just always really got along. And slowly, I think like a lot of things started to add up where it was like, she loves reality TV. She loves my dog. Like, we have like the same interest in margarita. (laughs) I don't know. Like, and then we would just start hanging out after work or like, I don't know, talking more outside of work. And then it was just naturally like, we also, I think, because we had some common friends, which is how we met, then we would hang out in groups and things like that. But yeah, no, we clicked right off the bat. Yeah, that's so nice. And I also think it's nice, like, when you are first self-employed, hiring an employee, at least for me, like, that is one of the hardest things. I don't know. I'm like, am I making the right decision? Am I, you know, I don't I don't know how to delegate. And so it's so much easier when you have someone that you actually get along with that's your employee and not, like, a random person that, like, you have nothing in common with and you are, like, trying to tell them what to do. So I feel like it's <laughs> so much easier when you actually have, like, a good relationship with them. And I also wanted to ask, how then did you start the podcast? Like, you, when did you go from, like, working together to, like, let's start a business together? Or what, did you think of it as a business? Or was it like, okay, let's start a podcast, but you didn't think of it as a business? I mean, it wasn't even on our radar until we went to our, our work Christmas party. Bailey took me and her clients out to this really cool, like, burlesque meets like comedy show meets drag and we had a blast and on the way there um her client asked like hey you used to have a podcast are you thinking of starting one and she was like absolutely not that is so much work I'm not doing that ever again and the client was like well why not like I love listening to you and Bailey was like I don't know I don't even know who I do it with I don't know and I was just in the backseat little me I was like (laughs) I'll do it with you I don't know like what came over me or like how I put myself in these positions. I think I just like have always been the type to go after things randomly and not really think about it, the consequences till after. And she basically said like, 
no like not she didn't turn it down but she didn't agree that night and then you can take over in my one. mind i totally turned it down i just didn't want to be rude to you right. and you think that i didn't want to do it with you <laughs> right but i was like i just know how much work a podcast is and i was like that i'm not doing this again also i just was like five months into starting my own business i was like how can i possibly do that and then I don't know what changed in my mind, but I was just like remembering all the present conversations I'd had, like how much I'd learned doing it, how fulfilling it actually is, because you're just so engaged in a conversation that you were. We all spend so much time on our phones and I just don't know, especially when I mean, I love it now, too. Don't get me wrong. But like when it's in person, it's also just this really special energy. And I missed that. So I was like, I guess that makes it worth the work. And then I text Jackie. I was like, so you want to start a podcast? And then a week later, we had an episode up. <laughs> That's so funny. And was your old podcast like interview style, talking to other entrepreneurs? Or what was your old podcast compared to kind of what you're doing now? Yeah, so I would say it was like a little more business focused because it was for the company I worked for. So there was four employees um, that would kind of rotate on the pod. It was really when podcasts were like really just starting. Like I think I had not seen many businesses doing them. So we were just trying to like evolve with our marketing strategy and we would interview other like entrepreneurs or founders or local business owners so it was definitely more like business and entrepreneurial driven but the inter like the interview style was kind of similar I say like we're definitely way more dysfunctional and like real and talk about like girl problems and stuff like that but there's like I would say elements of it still mixed in I will say I think Bailey and I from the start kind of had this like unspoken banter where when we worked together, like we would always be joking around and giggling and laughing and like we're quick and witty with each other. And like, even though she was my boss, I would tell her to like shut the f up or like say f you and stuff like that. And so I think that's really important. Like, I don't think any person can just start a podcast with their boss or their employee really look at if you guys have that like connection you guys can bounce off each other and one of the comp like one of the first compliments I think we got was that we're really good at reading each other when the other wants to talk and obviously that shifted right now with zoom and the pandemic so we've had to kind of pivot but we have like a really good connection so I think that's important to note yeah like I always love listening to podcasts with co-hosts like I think they're my favorite to listen to like I love the dynamic between two people. But for me, I'm always like, oh my God, I'm such a solo person that I'm like, I don't know how, how like who would I do one with? How how would I divide the responsibility? Like, I feel like that type of stuff to me, I'm like, I'm just going to do it by myself. Like I, I'm, I'm fine to do alone. So was that like different for you guys then like shifting responsibility? Like this is your partnership. It's not like employee, employer. It's not, you know, just you doing something on your own and like contracting something out. Like you guys are in this like, fully together so was that hard to kind of manage like business roles and stuff like that or it kind of just fell into place I mean I think I'm naturally kind of bossy so like that still kind of stayed a little similar <laughs> but also like with my like with play when Jackie was working for me I I never really looked at her like an employee like I just look at like every single team member as like they're this is a part like the business is all part of all of us because that's how I want them to take pride in everything. And so I was already kind of looking at her in like a similar light, I would say. So it wasn't a huge shift. I, like I definitely knew that this was an equal split, like 50-50. Um, I would say it definitely started more as like a hobby. Like we weren't as strategic in the beginning. We did 
split up responsibilities in terms of like who was responsible for like editing and social media and like assets and um, like DMs and things like that, which was nice to just make sure that like nothing was getting missed. But yeah, like it never was really a struggle. Mm-hmm. No, never a struggle. And like any smart business person, not saying that I'm smart, but like looking back, obviously Bailey had the tools and the knowledge there. So I really let her take the reins and and I kind of like followed in her footsteps and listened to what she had to say because I'd be absolutely stupid not to. And then once I got like more of my feet on the ground, then we've had to have conversations and I really don't care about saying it, Bailey. So let me know if you do. Where we've had like not conflict, but Bailey's been like basically in the nicest way possible. I need you to start being better and like pick up the slack here. And we've had to have those tough conversations, but it's been really good for us. And I feel like we're finally getting to a place where it's more balanced now. Yeah, I feel like that's the best way, though, to grow a business, any sort of business podcast, whatever it is that you're starting with someone like you have to be brutally honest and like still obviously care about the other person's feelings and, you know, take care of their emotions. Like, don't be like rude when you're saying anything but it takes a special type of I guess relationship to be okay with that and like comfortable with that because I think a lot of friends might get you know offended or hurt if like someone's telling someone what to do or that they need to do better but I think when two people are actually good at that and take good at taking like constructive criticism that is when like your business or your podcast or whatever it is that you're starting is going to do so well because you guys have a good dynamic so I feel like that's like one of the key pillars to that Oh, absolutely. I've said it on a podcast before. I think like as much as it is important to say something, you the way you receive it is also just as important because I know personally, if I have to speak up for myself, it took a lot to get there. I probably crafted the email a few times or the text and read it over multiple times and then really worried about sending it and making sure the tone was going to come across. Right. And so I like always make it a point to respond to any message like Bailey's saying, like, I really appreciate you coming to me about this and like, let's figure this out. Let's work it out. I think that's also really important. Yeah, it's a lot of communication. Like you just have to really, I think in any friendship, but also especially one that is like also a business partnership, you have to have a lot of communication and you're not always going to communicate in the same way. And Jackie and I definitely don't always. <laughs> We're all. like, we had to learn our, um, each other's languages, but it, it's, it's the commitment like to the business and to the friendship. And like, we've always said the friendship will 100% come first, but like, we're still so committed to the business. And I think that's really helped us like see the end goal and like the big picture and work through some of the harder times. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And like, it's hard, I feel like to do that, but you guys seem to be doing it really, really well. You guys have a successful podcast. I mean, you've had such amazing guests on. You always are consistent. You have such a big fandom. I feel like on your social media and stuff like that, people are obsessed with you guys. How did you grow the podcast? Like, was it an overnight success or was it something that kind of like gradually grew as time went on? Definitely gradual growth. I think a lot of people think podcasts are going to be overnight successes when that's just not the reality. I also think people think they're so easy, but they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Talking's not as easy as you think it is. But yeah, no, it was gradual growth. I think for us, like my strategy with it was always to really make sure that the audience comes first and then the guest and then us. Mm. And to like make sure we're always adding value within each episode. And 
we don't, I wouldn't say like we have a specific, like we're not all mental health, but we like our niches, like we call ourselves digital version of a happy hour because we talk about like literally anything and everything that you would sit down with your girlfriends at happy hour and chat about. So like there's seriousness, there's heart to hearts, there's learning, but there's also like laughs about the stupidest stuff. Um, so I think we like really wanted to offer something to everybody, but like focus on guests who could bring that value and were experts and like great storytellers. And then like one thing I would say if you have a podcast is just really like setting your guests up for success. So like making sure they kind of feel prepared and excited and like that will help them want to share that. So they'll feel like they were comfortable on the mic. They're going to be excited, like send them cute branding, ask them for the photos that they want to use for social media, because then they're more likely to share it. So like cross promotion there. Yeah. If you do have guests on, it's so important to like want the guests to share and be a part of it and not just like an obligation to come on your show, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think obviously Bailey just nailed that answer, but And she said in the beginning, like focusing on our audience, we really try hard to always respond to DMs and be present and talking to our friendships at all times. So I think that's really important Mm because you don't want to let those message requests pile up because those are potential new dedicated listeners. Community's huge. Like we have such incredible people who listen every single week. We call them our friendships. And like we'll see the same names pop up over and over again and like do listener questions. And it's so fun. I also think like with podcast growth, you have to get so creative in how you distribute. Like don't just put an episode out and then like never promote it again. Like say we had Lisa Vanderpump on the podcast in a new, I mean, she's not on the show anymore, but like say yeah, manifestation, (laughs) but say like a, she was on Housewives and a new season airs like we would do a throwback or like Jackie and I've gotten so creative like we'll be sitting I mean when traveling was safe like we would be sitting on a flight airdropping our cover saying board on your flight listen to what day is it and like we would have so much fun watching trying to get people to figure out where we were because it was <laughs> our old cover photo you couldn't see our face it was just our back so it, it was fun but yeah like we've walked into the apple store and like on all the iphones put our podcast cover up like subscribe gotten more downloads like do what you got to do oh my god i love that i love the creative marketing because i think a lot of times like people get stuck in just like social media and that's it like it's like okay your podcast is on your phone everyone uses social media like they only think how do I market this on social? But I love that creativity. I'm going to take, I'm going to start, I'm going to go to the Apple store <laughs> and start doing Do that. Put some like flyers out, like <laughs> all of that When we stuff. did the airdropping on the plane, we were at LAX and I was like, okay, Jackie, stay at the baggage claim. I'm going to go get like us coffees. And I'm walking past and this girl goes, this podcast got like airdropped to me on the plane. It was like, I was going to listen to it. It looks so cool. And I was like, oh, that's our podcast. Turns out this girl was in high school musical. I was just like, what are the chances? This is so cool. I can't wait to get back to doing this. We used to also make these. So we made these little like business like cards and I was a server back in the day. And so I would leave them at my table, in my tables, like billfold of like all our podcast information or honestly Bailey we've kind of dropped the ball on this but obviously pandemic I'm gonna bring them out again because then when we go to restaurants we just like leave them in the billfold for the server if we feel like they're a good vibe but yeah so get creative with your marketing I feel like obviously it helps that I have Bailey with me I feel like I'd probably be a lot more nervous if I was alone so I'm thankful for that I'm not even kidding I'm going to start doing that I think that is so creative it's uh, did you see like a lot of like DMs or some more listeners are like 
people that maybe messaged you and were like, oh, I found this on on the plane or like I found this at this restaurant. Like, did you notice kind of an uptick when you do those like more off social, off the internet marketing? I mean, we haven't been able to do it for a while. So like, it's not fresh in my mind, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. We, I definitely like, I feel like we did with the airdropping, see some. Um, and I used to, the same way Jackie had her ones for serving, I had one for an old company that I used to own. And I would put them in the mailers of the order. And I did get from that brand some DMs about it. So it definitely does work. Like it's never, you're never going to bat a hundred with those. But like for the minimal marketing dollars that like a little promotional square card costs like yeah yeah and also I think people underestimate like I think a lot of times now with social we're so used to seeing numbers and we're so used to seeing like Mm -hmm. a hundred thousand likes or a hundred thousand followers but like people don't realize that even one extra listener is so meaningful because like that one person will tell their friends and then their friends will tell their friends and it's just like can be an exponential growth or like that one person could buy your merch or like buy tickets to like a live show that you're going to. And like that actually means something. But I feel like we've been like desensitized to numbers. Like it's like, if you think about a thousand listeners, I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, a thousand, like that's not even a big deal. Like people get hundreds of thousands. But if you were to look at like 1000 people in a room, like that would be insane. So I feel like we've just like become desensitized to these numbers and really like even if it's just like one person that listens from that like it's that one person is so valuable and I feel like you guys do a good job at like making sure every listener and like people that dm you and comment and like repost and stuff like that like actually feel valuable and like special like they're a part of your community thank you that's like such a core value of mine I just like that was from the beginning something that I knew we always wanted to set out to do and I think that a lot of people get caught up in chasing the numbers or like the follows or whatever the likes the downloads like just that like you're saying but you have to look at like your listeners or your followers as influencers themselves, because they're the ones telling people for you that will organically help you grow your podcast versus you ignoring them, trying to chase new followers and then losing the ones who've actually been paying attention and taking time out of their busy schedules to listen to your podcast or engage with your content. And I think that goes such a far away if you actually spend time on those people. Yeah. And I want to talk about branding because I think you guys do such a good job at branding. And obviously, Bailey, you have a company um, that deals with branding and like you do all of that. So (laughs) how would you, and I'm like selfishly asking this question because I kind of want (laughs) to hear it for myself, but what are like your tips on having a cohesive brand? Like, are there tools that you use that you're obsessed with? Are there, is it just like a way that you like look at something? You're like, okay, you have to have a color palette, a logo that looks like this or like, I'm so oblivious to branding. I like always outsource that. So like I need tips on how you get a cohesive brand. (laughs) I'm such a nerd with branding. I mean, I definitely think an eye is like a part of it, but I still think that anybody can like take steps and create a great brand aesthetic. Like foundational wise, I would say like pick your typography, pick your color story and like stick with that like don't start mixing it up like if you look at what day is it you can so clearly see our colors and our fonts and like what we're about um and I think that really really helps create a brand aside from that I would get your brand voice and like get who you're talking to so that it extends beyond the image and like into the caption and the overall vibe so like for us it's gonna be like a 
20 to 30 something year old girl who loves to have a margarita on a patio who is like into health and wellness but not like super over the top about it she still like loves to eat pizza or go through the drive-through she's watching love island and real housewives like know who you're talking to because then it's going to really help you know what content you're creating because we're not going to post like workout videos every five days for our girl because she's not working out five days. She's maybe working out like two or three days a week. And then she's like horizontal on the couch with no bra and watching TV. So (laughs) it's just like, you got to know who you're talking to as part of the brand. And I think that part often gets overlooked because it's, we're so visual with like the apps that we use now. So we focus on that. And I think it's definitely like a mix of both. Yeah. And Jackie, were you into branding? Like, are you like very, very visual and like, how do you kind of brand your, your stuff? Um, so Bailey, I always call her the branding queen. Cause she truly is like that girl. I don't even know how you pull some things out of your ass, but, and make them look <laughs> magnificent, but you do. Um, I do work in a little bit of social media, but honestly, like I, yeah, I mean, everything that Bailey said is amazing, amazing tips. My like personal brand, I actually don't really focus on having one for my Instagram feed because I don't really care. But obviously, if I'm like working with a client and I'm doing social media for them, I do stick to those colors and I pay attention to like what posts perform well. And then I try and like piggyback off that. Like you'll see even on what day is it? Bailey will do like one post if it performs well. She'll do like six months later a similar post with like different aspects to it because she knows that's what our audience likes. But mm-hmm. I don't really I don't really do a ton of branding. I'm more in like the video editing space at the moment. Also, I would say like with branding, think about it as a long term thing. Like sometimes I find with brand names or colors, like people get caught up in the current trends when they're creating it, which it'll look cute in that moment. But like say you want to expand your brand into a book one day or you want to launch merch with your podcast, like think of what that's going to look like down the road. because it's easy to focus on the now and the launch and like get so excited because it is exciting. Um, But I would say, look at the long term of how that's going to, to age. Um, And if you want like my favorite app, everybody I'm sure already uses it, but Canva, like if you are just starting out, there's so many brands or brands, um, fonts in there. And there's so many tools and like ways to create incredible graphics. That's what I use like 80% of the time. So if you don't have Canva, get it. Also, yeah. I would say, like, don't be scared to step out of your comfort zone. We did that recently with our latest merch drop, and it's actually, like, we've gotten the best feedback ever, even though it's not technically our colors or, like, our specific branding is going to do well, I know. And so, yeah, just don't be scared to do that. Um, and, like, we recently switched up a little bit of branding with our font B, but not too much that, like, anyone anyone who's still looking would still know it's us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, like, you want people to see it and know that it's automatically you without having to like look up like oh who is this or like have to see your name on it like they should just know like oh this is what day is it you know like Mm -hmm. they should just know automatically from when they see something I think that's so important and yeah I'm like clueless when it comes to branding I hate doing my own social media like I like have someone else I literally just this week like hired someone else to do my social for my podcast because I was like I am just so bad at doing this and I then I just like get stressed and I just don't do anything. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to outsource this. Do you guys do your own social or do you have kind of other people that do that for you? We do it all in house. Um, but like we enjoy it. So I, I totally like all my clients through my agency who outsourced to me, 
They hate it. It's like pulling teeth for them. It's like the most exhausting thing in the world. It becomes a hundred times harder. Whereas for me, like I feel creative, I feel fulfilled and excited. And like, don't get me wrong. I have days where I'm like, oh my God, I like don't want to stare at another Twitter quote that's pasted onto like something. I don't know. But I, I think like that is so smart for you to like know where your time's best spent and to delegate out because if if you're not enjoying it, it's so difficult. Yeah, I'm so jealous that you like it because I wish I would like it because it's it's fun and it's like you get to make like beautiful things and, you know, you get to be so creative with it. But that is just like not the way my brain works with like branding and like making things look good. So I just always like outsource that. And I'm curious on how, like you said, that you have an agency, you do things in house. How do you find your clients? Like, is it now just word of mouth or has it been, you know, do you actively pitch yourself or like, What's your secret to finding clients when you just start an agency? Um, yeah, I mean, I will say like it's a very boutique agency. Like our bandwidth is quite small compared to like some marketing agencies and firms. A lot of it has been word of mouth. And I'm so fortunate and grateful to say that because I, I know that's not the reality for all people. The inception of play really kind of started from a demand for it. So I think that's really helped me find the clients because right when I started it, I already had a lot of people kind of asking if I could help them with stuff. But I have pitched myself before and it's the best way I found it's worked has always been when it's brands that I already consumed their products or their content and like really genuinely loved. If like someone's looking to pitch, I would say like, don't just send a cold email, like engage with their content on social media think of it as like foreplay, like you got to warm them up, like, like their stuff, follow them, get to know their brand. If you like really want to like, if there's a dream account of yours that you want to land, like, and it's to manage their social, like say I wanted to do your podcast, I would like put together some graphics for you to look at so that like it stood out in your inbox. And then I think that would grab your attention or anyone's attention more than just someone saying, Hey, like I have this agency, we do blah, 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 blah. I would love to set up a call with you. Whereas like if you put in a solid graphic showing your talent and like what you can bring to the table, someone's going to be like, oh my God, I'm so interested. Mm -hmm. I always think it's so much better to be like creative and out of the box whenever you're reaching out to anyone. Like even how you, Jackie, like reached out to Bailey and like sent an email like, hey, I want to work with you. This is like why I would be a good fit. Like that is so much better than if someone just randomly had like a job application and you applied and like left it at that. Like, that's not going to get noticed. Like that's never going to get noticed. I recently, I mentioned this in another episode, but I had put out an application for a job. And I remember like scrolling through these applications on LinkedIn. Like I was just like, nothing stands out. Like I don't even know who, who I just looked at. Like I'm reading all these applications and they literally are all looking the exact same to me. And I'm not seeing anything that's like, wow, like this would be a great fit. Cause I just don't know. Cause it's like, you're just staring at, you know, a, a resume. Like you can't, have a feel for who they are, like what work they would do. And then I actually had a girl that has been like DMing me a lot. She sent me a DM and she was like, Hey, I would love to work for you. Like if you're hiring, please let me know like this, 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 and this, you know, and kind of like gave me a pitch on like who she was, but I had already kind of seen her in my DMs and stuff like that. And I remember thinking like, okay, like I, I feel like she's good. Like she's told me her experience. She told me why she wanted to work for me. She already like watches my stuff, listens to my podcast, knows what I'm doing with my business. Like I'll set up a call. And now we're working together. And I had 200 applications that I was just like, 
nothing is standing out to me at all. So I think it's no matter with what, like agency, getting a job, like it's so important to be more creative when you're putting yourself out there. If like you want to get anything done. Especially the space we're in, like you really have to set yourself apart and it is a creative space. So get creative with your outreach, make a joke, like make it personable. Don't just make it stale. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I have you heard of like TikTok? I think it's called like TikTok recruiting or something like that. Have you heard of that? No. I, okay. I haven't heard that term, but I think I know exactly what you're talking about where they like put the jobs on a TikTok post. And then I don't know how the people apply technically, but I've seen, I think I've seen some of these. Yeah. I thought that it was just like a funny, like, like some jobs are doing it and just like making a TikTok, hoping it goes viral. But like TikTok actually has a whole division of their company for like job recruiting. Or like wow. companies to use TikTok to like find that's find people for their job. Cool. I'm like, that's Very crazy. Cool. Wow. That's smart though. I like I think the I mean, obviously everybody's gonna still have a resume, but I think like the traditional resume situation is dying because like I'm such an energy person and I feel like a lot of people are because you can what looks good on paper doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And has it been harder than for you like to do everything over Zoom? Like meet with clients, record podcasts, like even co-host a podcast, like has that been harder to do since you are an energy person and like it's kind of harder to pick up energy over a screen? Yes, definitely. We can't read when each other are going to talk or when the guest is going to jump in. So that's really tough and frustrating at times. But also like it has been really convenient to just like roll out of bed and podcast some mornings with my morning voice and my hair disgusting if I want. So pros and cons to each. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I like I love in-person energy it is like you can't replicate that really but I mean we've all had to pivot and learn and like I'm just glad we have zoom like I don't know what the hell we would do if we didn't have technology and like this had happened like in the dial-up internet stages like I don't know but we would have been screwed <laughs> I always think about that I'm like I mean obviously I'm so like I would not want to repeat 2020 you know I would not no. want that to happen again ever <laughs> but I always think about like wow, if this happened like in the 90s, what would people do? Like the, the you weren't set up to remotely work. You weren't set up to like mm -hmm. talk on FaceTime or Zoom. Like what would people do if we didn't have the internet? Like I feel like the world would literally collapse. Like it just like wouldn't work. <laughs> I'm so thankful for the internet. <laughs> Me too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you guys talk a lot about mental health, which I really appreciate. I think it's something super important to talk about. But have you always been comfortable talking about that? Like, have you always been like, like, oh, yeah, I go to therapy or I, I'm like, very passionate about, you know, taking care of your mental health? Or was that something that kind of started with the podcast? Um, It was definitely not something I've always been comfortable with. I don't think it started with the podcast. I think for me, it started a little more on my social media. And like, I think it really came with age. I always wanted like my Instagram to be like the aesthetic, like perfect, like trying to fit in, do what everybody else is doing. And then I've always like struggled with anxiety or like mental health and I've had an eating disorder. And like the more that I would talk to friends like offline about that, the more I felt connected to them. And so one day I just was like, I'm going to put something up and I'm just going to share something. And I literally, I think I wrote it and left it for like four days before I posted it because I was just like this is so uncomfortable to like unleash into the world and like I wasn't even comfortable talking on stories at this point like everything was just so like out of my comfort zone but when I did share it the just amount of stories I got the amount of like oh my god I relate to this oh my god I've been through a similar situation it just showed me how not alone I was how 
needed the conversation was. So I just like committed to baby steps with that. And like, now I still even have moments where I'm like, I don't know if I want to share this today, but like maybe tomorrow, because maybe today's just a harder day. But it it's such an important conversation. And I'm like, so grateful that the world is opening up to that and just how it like continues to evolve. And I would say like pretty rapidly right now, too. For mm-hmm. me, no, because I actually don't think I knew I had anxiety. And I actually made a post about this on my stories last night. I follow like Real Depression Project on Instagram, as do a lot of people. And it was sharing um, signs of sleep anxiety or what anxiety looks like before bed. And I remember being a teenager or a young adult, even I'm only 25 now, but just like even five years ago, having those symptoms and not knowing that it was anxiety. And I think that for like my generation, with social media, I'm so appreciative of the conversation that's begun with it. And I've learned throughout probably the last five years. And then once the podcast started and I started having conversations, open conversations with our guests and with Bailey and seeing how many people relate to it, I've definitely opened up more with how much mental health issues I have. But I will say like, I'm so lucky that I do not have ones that a lot of other people have. And I just deal with anxiety. So I'm so grateful for that. But it's hard to talk about even because it feels like a little bit of a weakness, even though it's not. Yeah, I mean, the conversation has definitely opened up. And I think now because of people that are sharing it on social, and you know, people are being more open about it. People are like, Oh, okay, it's, it's okay to share like it's, it's fine if I share this It's like that helped me out, you know, so I think it's just like that first step, like, it's kind of like a group mentality where it's like, you just need one person to be able to share it and like, admit like this is happening for you to even like, admit it to yourself or like, be comfortable talking about it. So I think that that's awesome that you guys use your podcast as a platform and the way just that like, social media has become like, there's obviously a lot of pros and cons to social media. And like, there's definitely like bad things that can come out of social and it can be toxic at times. And, you know, everyone knows about that. But I also think the good things are those like you can open up about it. You can be yourself. You can talk about your anxiety or depression, what you're doing about it, going to get help. And like, it's normal now. It's not weird or you're not going to get made fun of. Or if you do, you know, it's not like anything like that shows so much more on that person than it does on you. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I still feel so much fear around it. Like even sharing that story last night, talking about it, I had like a like a ooh, like are people gonna think I'm looking for attention here feeling and it sucks that we feel that way but it's just kind of like we're moving away from that slowly but it's hard still even to talk about it and I've been working on doing that for five years so mm-hmm. I hope someone listening maybe struggles talking about it just know it's so normal even though I've been practicing for literally five years yeah and I mean I feel like it's something that you'll never stop practicing like you'll always practice never, it it's yeah. just like we'll always think about, you know, what are people thinking? Like, I don't think there's like a cure to that. I think you can just like get better at it, but it's never like, oh, you're free now. Kind of like you said, the skincare thing, like you're never just going to stop washing your face. Like that's, (laughs) it's never going to happen. So yeah, I completely agree. And I kind of want to switch gears now and talk about um, what your morning routines, what your daily routines are. Cause I feel like both of you do really cool jobs, you know, your entrepreneurs. So what does your day-to-day look like? Like, do you have a set routine or is kind of every day different? I'll go first. Definitely. Go. I, um, if you listen to our podcast, then you know, I wake up every morning with my dog and he usually stays in bed 
because he's already gotten up with my boyfriend to have dinner, (laughs) breakfast with him. He crawls back into bed, stays in bed. I have a bath every single morning of my life. I am obsessed with baths. I have one in the morning and at night. So start my day off with a bath, wake up. I definitely go on my phone. I've been trying to kick that habit for years, but I've never actually tried if I'm being honest. Like I just like to look at my phone and catch up on what I missed and connect with like people in my DMs. And then um, I usually like five minute journal after have a coffee and get to work by like latest 8.39 a.m. And then at like 10, I'll have breakfast because I usually intermittent fast. And that's pretty much my morning routine. So what time do you wake up in the morning? And like, how long is your like bath phone time? Because I feel like that's a very okay. extensive I love morning routine. And then to work at 830. Yeah. So I actually like right now, just being so honest, like I've been sleeping in so much more. I don't know what it is. My body's just so tired. So I set my alarm for 715 every morning, but I usually don't actually roll out of bed till 745, 8. I will bath for like 20 minutes max just to like give myself time to wake up. Oh yeah, I forgot. I do my skincare. I use the ordinary products and brush my teeth and then I do a five minute journal, which literally takes less than five minutes. Have a coffee. I usually just like finish my coffee as I'm working and yeah. I hope that answers your question better. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm not a bath person, so I <laughs> I can't relate I to taking the bath every morning. <laughs> I meet very few people who love baths like me, but usually it's like people who I really connect with from the start <laughs> and it makes so much sense once I find out. What about you, Bailey? What's your morning routine or your daily routine? Um, Well, like daily, it's never the same. Morning routine. So I... I go into like such ebbs and flows of this. Like I'm just such, I used to be growing up like a very all or nothing black or white type of person. And I've had to like really lean into the middle space of like knowing it's okay to not do something every single day or like be really rigid with routine. So I like haven't been practicing my morning routine as much lately, but like on a, like an ideal day, let's say I wake up usually around like 630 Um, I will take my dog out first thing in the morning because if I don't, she goes insane. Um, then I'll have some water and some coffee and I also do the five minute journal. Um, I got Jackie hooked on it, like my favorite thing in the world. And I'll read a page from the daily stoic. I just love how that can like shift your mindset. And then I'll either like listen to some music, a podcast or catch up on Bravo. Like I just like to do something mindless in the morning after I've like kind of set myself up intentionally. Like it does. I don't know why that makes sense, but that's what I do. Um, while I'm having my coffee, I'll just like chill. I do go on my phone. Um, but I don't go into my inbox and that's like my hard boundary is that I just stay out of my inbox because that is the first thing that'll like send me into work, um, or into like a reactive state. So like, I would just say my overall intention with my morning routine is to just stay chill. I don't want to like be responding or reactive and like spiking my anxiety first thing in the day. I think that your morning energy really sets up your entire day. Mm -hmm. I'm like such a big believer in morning routines. Like I, a few years ago, I think it's been like two years now, I stopped checking my phone in the morning and it is such a game changer. Like it's so hard to break because I would literally sit on my 
phone and like scroll on Instagram and like check my DMs and all of this stuff, but like not checking it in the morning. Like I don't even like answer my texts or anything like that until Can't after wait. I've worked out. Give like I, I like How do lo- not look at it until like I'm done with my workout and like ready to kind of like start, oh I guess, my okay. day. I have, but... I have two questions. Yeah. How long do you stay off it in the morning? I will stay off it for like an hour and a half. Like I like do not look at it until because I'll like wake up, I brush my teeth, wash my face. Then I'll just like immediately put on my workout clothes and go to the gym or like go work out or like go on a walk. And then I'll listen to a podcast. So I'll like go on my phone to like put a podcast, but I don't open up like any apps or anything like that. And then once I'm done, I'll shower. And then while I'm like making my coffee and stuff, I'll start checking my phone. So like that's like heroic. My yeah, that's like a routine. And it's been so nice because you're not thinking about what you have to do that day because if I think about what I have to do I'll just like get Mm -hmm. stressed and then like my whole day is thrown off (laughs) yeah like part of my nighttime routine like not like night nighttime but like end of day I would say is like I look at my calendar and just make sure my next day sit set up so again like I'm not in that reactive state like trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing that day but I'm so curious now that we're talking about like you staying off your phone I want to know what your screen time is each week savage Oh, I actually, I actually don't know, Do you know, but I think it's pretty high because okay. my, I'll go on my phone at night. I'll go on like throughout the day. So it's not low. Like I'm not proud of my screen time, but it's just the mornings when I'm like, I will not touch my phone in the morning. Cause like I, it will literally stress me out. And I'm someone that like, when someone is a lot of people, when they're stressed or they're angry or they're anxious, they'll like go work out and like blow off steam. Like I'm the complete opposite. I If I'm like stressed or anxious, like I can't work out. Like I can't do anything except like oh. sit in my stress. So I just can't like, I have to be like completely, I don't want to say like mindless in the morning, but just like not reactive kind of how you were saying when I'm waking up and like starting my day. And then like once I'm back and like ready to work, that's when I'll just be on my phone until I go to bed. I so love that for you. I need to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> But okay, before we go, I want to ask this question because I'm super curious because I am not the biggest reality TV show person. I really just watch The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. That's like my reality <laughs> TV. But still, I want to know what your favorite chance. is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I probably feel like I can speak for both of us. But I mean, it's so hard to pick one. How dare you ask us this question? <laughs> um, I I adore Love Island. Like it is just okay. For example, this is how much I adore it. I literally, before we were recording this, I fully have so much work to do. I took an hour break to watch the newest episode so I could catch up. Like my addiction <laughs> is so real. I get so invested in the show. If you are a Love Island fan and you're listening, like it's in Casa Moore part right now and it just really shakes things up. And I've come home from 3 a.m. shifts before and watched till 4 a.m. when I used to be a server. So I feel like Love Island has to take the cake for me. I do love Love Island. Like this is such a don't hard let question. Don't me down like, right now as your co-host. Don't, don't do this no, to us. This is like <laughs> asking me to choose my favorite child. It's really not a fair question. For me though... It has to be the Housewives franchise. It just has to be. It's just so iconic. Like, I just, I think for me, that's what really got me hooked into reality TV is like, I just, it was like a car accident you couldn't look away from. And I just felt like I was at home. So that's my love story. And I'm sticking to it. Oh my gosh, I need to, really? 
yeah, I need to get on like Bravo shows or I don't even know oh. what is Love Island on. I know it's on Hulu, but I don't know like the the channel that it's on. It's like for us, for the US, it's CTV. I don't really know what it is in the States. Is it like CBS, Bailey? Maybe. I yeah, I don't know what it is in the States. Um but yeah, it's on it's on Hulu. I know that for sure. It's also on um, HBO. But the, and, you got to watch the UK one. That's if you're going to I'm talking UK Love Island mm-hmm. is the best one. So I, I started I did start Love Island, but I started on season one and everyone was like, do not start on season one. I like couldn't get into it. I was like season three. Se- got to go UK season three. OK, season three. Oh, they're all so good, though. I feel like the the recent one, like if you want to be in the loop and you want to have a few to binge the US season right now is really good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Maybe I'll start that. Because I do want to get into it. I feel like I feel the start. You got to go with the UK season three, though, because it's just it will hook you. You will get invested. You will like and then I think all the other ones will just support your addiction. Okay, I'll I'm ready to become (laughs) addicted to the show. Please join us. (laughs) Keep us posted. Yeah, I'll start with that. I feel so basic just liking like the Bachelor franchise. I'm like, I feel like that's like the most like basic (laughs) reality TV. No, I don't blame you. I love that show too. But Love Island is like Bachelor meets ba- Bailey always compares it to Bachelor meets Big Brother. So you would probably really, really like it. Yeah. Because it's not just like one one female and then like 30 guys. It's like a mix of both. So they're all like hooking up with each other and then stealing each other. It's like, and it's just, it's. But it's amazing. real connections because there's no, well, they, obviously there's production, but it's real connections because mm-hmm. they're filmed 24 7 and they are together 24 7. So. Really, they're only dating for like a month, but they've spent every waking hour together. So you can tell that like really care about each other versus Bachelor. You spend like, what, 10 hours and then you get engaged. I know. It's like you don't even know each other's like last name. I think when you're like on that, you don't have each other's phone number nothing. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being on my podcast. Where can they find all of your social media and your podcast? Thanks for having us. Um, Yeah. So our podcast is basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, podcast store, all that. Um, our website is whatdaysatpodcast.com. We've got merch on there. Our Instagram is at whatdaysatpodcast. Um, if you love mental health, like I feel like your listeners probably do because we were talking about it a lot. We've got a new mental health collection for our merch. It's so good not to like brag or anything and a dollar from each sale of those items goes towards um, a mental health organization here in Canada. And if you want to get to know me better, I'm at Bailey JST on the gram. And Bailey just covered everything for the <laughs> podcast. Love that. Um, but Sorry. my personal, no, that's okay. I appreciate that so much. Um, my personal is at Jackie Rye, J A C C I R A I. Thank you so much for having us. This was so fun. Awesome. Thank you. I'll have everything in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey, my name is Lovan Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. 
At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.